So I'm thinking of hope and I'm thinking that in these days where a lot of stuff is happening, we're seeing a lot of events, uh, strange weather patterns, and even this week we've had more strange upheavals in weather and uh, tsunamis and adverse weather. And the Bible says, in, and uh, it says it in Matthew, doesn't it? Uh, uh, chapter 24, isn't it not? Then the last days, these things will happen. And I, and I know for sure, and Benny Hinn says, we are absolutely living in the last moments of the last days. And I don't want to freak anyone out because my aim of my message this morning is to give you hope. I say that with a smile. So I just came out of the prophetic, and then I'm, now I'm in the pastoral mode. But I've got to give a backdrop to why we need hope, real hope. The Bible says, say living hope. The Bible says living hope. And so we need real hope, not just fanciful, haphazard hope, but real hope in the Bible is not the hope that we use now. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope they cut my hair right. I hope it's going to be a nice meal. I hope they turn up. That's all got negative connotations. But the hope in the Bible is rock solid. Once you've got hope in God, he's in heaven. He ain't moving. He's in charge. He's laughing. He's celebrating. He's looking after you. That's a sure hope. And our faith bridges that gap to that hope, that hope that is given to us as a gift. In the kingdom, there is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of those three is love. But hope and faith are like twins. Help me. Faith, and so you can make a noise this morning. If you want to, you know, say, whoa, or go grunt, or stomp your feet, or because we've got to just make it unrest, social unrest, turmoil. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, and this is where a lot of people miss it, this is why I love this movement and I love the church we're connected with and because they talk about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the empowering factor to bring home to your life hope, joy, peace. What hope does, in fact, it gives you peace and joy. Joy when all around you is falling apart because you just know God's still God. He's still on the throne. Even though your world's falling apart, somehow in you is joy. Somehow when you're in the jail cell like Paul and Silas hanging up in a, in a, in a, you know, in a, an old soggy cave-like wet, dewy, damp, cold jail cell with chains, you sing in the praises of God like Paul and Silas are saying, it's cool. God's still God. He's going to get us out in due course. And because it's a joy within you that can't, can't be dampened. It can't be oppressed when it's real joy. It's just busting out of you. Oh, I used to know a school teacher who had a perpetual smile on his face. And that was all right for a couple of years. But I know when we got a little ways into this school, high school, he started to get teased by the students. What is it, sir, that you smile all the time? What is it about you? Don't you ever have a, have a bad hair day? And uh, he just had this strong propensity to smile and to be have joy, and, and let's use the word peace. He was just always chilled out and had peace. And these are two incredible attributes that a born-again believer is supposed to have, Daniel. Peace and joy. You're just walking in the peace and the joy. Oh, there's hurricanes, there's tsunamis, but you just got this composure about you that allows you to function in God in the power of the Spirit with the good news. You're not fretting. You're not worrying. You're not anxious. 
And the Bible says in the last days, men's hearts will fail them. Great to see the Pauls in the house. Wonderful. Give it up for these guys. Fantastic. And I had a good talk with Wynn in the video place. And uh, man, you, you're 10 times the bloke than you were last time around. What happened for you? You must have got converted all over again. I'm not sure what's happened for you. Listen, we need hope. We need to, to have real hope. And the best way I can explain this is by taking you through the Word of God. I'm going to take this off now. It is quite warm. You can take your jacket off too now if you want. If you want. Going to throw some things at you. Hope you got your Bibles. Grab your pen and notepads. People are here to listen to the second part of a message, part two of hope. So we've said there's a lot of prophetic drama. You know it. It's real. In the last days, the Bible says there will be a shaking. Amen? A shaking in the last days. But it's the Holy Spirit who makes us abound. Say abound. Abound in hope and flow hope and have hope. We've got to understand this, that we, when we were born again, say born again. When we were born again, we were born again into a living hope. Here comes the first scripture, 1 Peter 1, three. Just ask, really ask the Lord to help me get this message through because I've got a little bit to go. But I cannot go past 10 past, 10 past 11. Garth, you help me with that one. 1 Peter 1, three. here it goes. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth. Say new birth. Into a living hope. Say living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See how that's so important? Because if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, we wouldn't have this sure hope in God. But we can be assured that he has risen, that he is at the right hand of the Father, that he is on the throne, he lives to intercede for us, he's barracking for us, he loves us, he knows you personally, he knows every hair on your head, you can absolutely vouch that God is very, very mindful of you, and in saying that, you should have great hope in God. Say amen. amen. Come on. Oh yeah. Who through faith, who through faith are shielded by God's power. I love talk like that. Do you like that, men? Shielded. It's like this force field. You walk through the world, walk through uh, compromised situations and circumstances. You've got this force field, man, and, and, and you just, bugs are just, just falling you know, sin, temptation, you know, darts, firing, rear guards, the glory, amen. And you just got this force feeling. You're walking through Calcutta, doesn't matter where you are, and you just, you're just like Mother Teresa. You're just doing what you got to do, amen. Come on. There's power in this stuff. You're walking through Darlinghurst. I don't know how my brother Tim Lowe does church in there. There's prostitutes on the corner. There's drug addicts. Someone's trying to sell you heroin here. Someone's, you know, and but they're walking. The saints are walking through that situation, even with their families, bringing their families to church in one of the oldest churches in Darlinghurst. But it's the power of God around them, amen, causing them to live in this atmosphere of the power of God. Gee, that's just one scripture, and I've got a few to go. 
my God. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? You need to ask yourself that sometimes. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Every time I say hope, let your ears get pricked up. Go, ah, he said that word hope. So again, I'll say it. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him and and Savior and my God. Honestly, there is tremendous power in hope. Uh, you know when you've got no hope and you're in a situation, you're in a raft. Anyone been white water rafting and you've lost your, your oars now and you're out of control, you're on a honeymoon, you've got your precious in there and the instructor got jettisoned. I'm just making this up as I go. The instructor just got jettisoned. You're spinning around. There's rocks, there's spray. There's a, an intenseness of the situation just enveloping you. But somehow... You just feel as though, my God, I can do this. And hope rises in you. You take off your shirt if you're a man and you reveal your manliness and you begin reading the instruction manual. No, you don't. You take charge of this situation and you make a way out of that situation just like Houdini did or would if he had half the chance. Hope allows you to break through. You're in a situation. You just got 10 bills came in. You're 10 grand in debt now. And you thought you were in trouble because you were $200 in debt. You know. But hope is in you and allows you to break through. It allows you to stand. It allows you to represent yourself to that situation and work it out. Who's a bit like that? Uh, you know, I said last week you could... You could weld me in a steel container, boot me off Niagara Falls, man. I would be still looking for a way out. I'm telling you, I've got great hope, great hope. And that's the sort of hope that comes from God. Romans 5.5, 5, hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. God so wants you to have abounding hope. He wants you to flow hope. People will see it on you. People will see the hope in you, Jesse. They will just see you with not a smugness, but with a peace and a joy. It's a peace that knows that God is going to intervene, that God is going to do something about this. Paul appeals to the Ephesian church and he's exhorting them to know the hope to which God has called them. He says it's a glorious inheritance. So, Get, get, understand this. There is hope. It's there. It's a done deal. Jesus has ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father. Hope is there. It's hope. See, we're programmed differently in this world. We think hoping is all our part, but the hope has already been done. The hope is our inheritance. It's already done. No, but you need faith. You need faith to access that hope. Hope is a done thing. He's there. He loves you. He's in control. But faith is the critical factor that we know need to have. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray also, this is Paul's prayer now, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, say no, the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, verse 19, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power, there's that word again, that power is like the working of his mighty strength. His mighty strength. There, man, I said it was like a vault, man. Once you, you just, 
open this vault up, man, of the hope, and it's like the light of the glory, of the wonder, of the mysteries of Christ and the eternity, and it's... There's great resource in our inheritance, and our inheritance is hope. Read that, Ephesians 1.18, highlight it, take it home, study it, understand it to be true. Faith is another thing. I love this. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, and I've got to back it into this, and then I'll quickly get back into the hope. Now, faith is being sure of being what? Sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, you just got to take that home with you and get that particular version and study that because there's a real key there. Now, faith is being sure. This faith thing, is a, it's a sure thing. It's a certain thing. Faith is a principle we enact as we live in God. But we are, we are appropriating hope. Hope's there. It's not going away. You don't have to drum up hope. Oh, I hope God is going to come through today. No, hope is absolutely there. It ain't moving. But you need faith. You need the principle of faith to enact the hope that is already there. Once you enact your faith, your dynamic faith, your faith that you live by 24-7, you access this hope that allows you to believe in all things in Christ. Who believes that? It's there. It ain't moving. You're going to have to study that yourself. I can't go in, into any more of, of that. But 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now these three remain. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Five foundations of hope. The hope that I'm, not, I'm talking about is not haphazard. It's true, it's concrete, it has an insurance, it has a guarantee. This hope I'm talking about, if I could get you into hope, wake someone up then. If I could get you into hope, if, I, if, if you were in a boat, I'm in a boat, this rug now is a boat. There's rocks, there's wild seas, uh, there's a lighthouse. But the Bible says in Hebrews that there's an anchor for my soul into hope. If I had an anchor now in this boat, where would I throw it? I would throw it into five foundational truths of hope. The first one is God. Our hope is in God. It's in God. The second one is, is the Word of God. The Word of God is true. It's active. God's performing it. We're seeing it in the last days. The prophecies are coming to pass. Benny Hinn says, these are the days. He's in the Middle East now writing books. And he says, trust me, we are living in the last days. Ezekiel 36, 37, 38 talks about the last days. If you read that, you can see the prophetic unfolding of the Middle East. And he says, we're living in the dramatic, climatic, catalysmic days of the prophetic end times. We are living it now. We're in it now. The word of God is true. God watches over his word to perform it. He's performing his word. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans of a future and a, and a hope. 
through His Word, by the power of His Spirit. He wants to give you hope. He sent you onto a planet. You're living in the days when the planet is, is climax, climaxing in a, in, a, in a dramatic, powerful way. You need extreme hope right now to live in these days. Fear, yeah, fear can come upon you, but faith is the opposite to fear. Faith, faith, faith. God himself is the first one. I won't tell you the others quite yet. God himself, first of all, we've got to find our hope, our hope in God. Let's look at this. Uh, Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. Psalm 73, verse 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. See, you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Stuff's going to happen in our life. Isn't that right? You're going to falter. Your soul is going to become weak, uh, disenchanted, oppressed, whatever. Your body's going to break down. But still, the Bible says here, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is. God. God is the God of hope. Who is God? God is holy. He's perfect. He's righteous. He always does what is right. He, God is love. He's always right there. Always loves us. He's right there. He loves us. God is merciful. He's gracious. He's just. He is the good shepherd. He's always there. The truth, the life, the way. He is powerful, all-knowing. He's almighty. Think about all the names of God and understand this scripture in understanding truly who God is. He's merciful. He's kind. He's holy. He's just. He's merciful. He's majestic. God. This is one huge mind-blowing revelation of who God is. Study who God is. Understand who God is, His nature, His ways, who He is for you, for us, the church. Psalm 39, verse 7. I'm doing all right. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. David, the reason David got through so many difficulties and trials is that his hope was in God. Where's our hope? Where's our dreams? Where's, our, where's the hope of our life? Where's the hope of our life? Where's the hope of who we are? Where's our hope centered on? Is our, is our fulcrum, but is our focus in God or is it in academia or career or nice family? Where's our hope? My hope was in a perfect family. White picket fence, beautiful house. I'm a provider. Jill's a great mom, beautiful kids. My hope was so much in that. Then God said to me back in the early 90s, I want you to put hope in me, in my gospel, in my son Jesus. Would you put that on the, would you put that on the line and would you step into a new day of promoting the, the hope of the gospel, the living hope? Oh, gee, that's a different thing, but... I, I thought the hope that I've got here was enough. No, he says, I, I want you to export the greater hope, the real hope, the hope that is not frail, haphazard, the hope that the banks can't take back, the, the, the hope that the doctors can't say that's sick, uh, the, the, the hope that says uh, that the economy says that's busted, that's, that's faltering. This is sure, absolute hope that we have to give and to export. 
in Jesus' name. Is that right? It's absolute. It's there. It ain't going away. Again, we're not saying you've got to have hope. No, hope is there. Faith allows you to come into this place of hope. Hope, that anchor. I've got to get back to the boat. People are thinking about the boat. The boat is getting pulled by the storms of life this way. But if my hope is anchored in God, in the Word of God, if it's anchored in God, it ain't going anywhere, buddy. But if my hope is in the footy game tonight, if my hope is in the economy, if my hope is in my health and how wonderful I am, and it's going to fall. It's going to shake. The Bible says everything that can be shaken will shake in these last days. Oh, man, when you got an anchor, man, a good, solid, strong anchor in God, in God, it ain't going anywhere. But then there's God, but then the second one is the Word of God. The Word of God is eternal. It's, it's sealed in heaven. It's, it's solid. It, it, they've tried to burn it. They've tried to eradicate it. Julie was in Singapore when they burnt all the Bibles out of the hotels, came knocking on her door in Singapore. Want your Bible? Julie said, I haven't got one. You've got to have one. Gideon's Bible. She was in a wonderful hotel there when she was in showbiz. She was clutching it. She'd found it and she began to read it. So when the authorities come, she said, no, you can't have it. And so they tried to eradicate it through the ages. They've tried to burn it. They've tried to tried to defame it, but it's solid. It ain't going anywhere. Okay, that's good. I've got two of them. I've got five. Psalm 146, verse 5, Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. Let's try this one, Psalm 146, verse 5. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord his God. Man, we need to get a hold of this, this hope stuff. We've got to put our hope in God. Psalm 71, verse 5. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence. This is David. This is excellent. I love this. Psalm 71, verse 5. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. This is David. This is a psalm of David. This is what David's saying. But as for me, I will always have hope. Now he's speaking in his later years. He's old. He's gray. And he's saying, but as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation all day long. Though I know not his measure, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. This is going to be us, Jules, in our later years. Since my youth, since my childhood, since my youth, now he's into youth. Oh God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Isn't it wonderful to meet 
men and women of God who've done this God stuff for a long time and you hear and you run into them in the shopping center, you run into them out in the marketplace and they've still got a strong testimony. God's still rocking. God, and there's other people, oh, the church, gee whiz, oh boy, now I gave that up. Oh, I don't know if God can move anymore. I was in the church 10 years, 15 years. I'm not sure anymore. But isn't it great when you meet someone who's got faith, who's got hope, who's got a great testimony? David's saying this, I had hope when I was a kid. I saw God deliver me from the lion, the bear. I saw God deliver me from the enemy. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, Psalm 71, verse 18, even when I am old and gray, Jules, do not forsake me, O God. Now he's saying, look, I know I'm old and gray. I know I'm a bit slower, but my God, I still want to give you testimony. I want to proclaim your goodness to the generations, to the younger guys, to the younger generations, unto the generations, to my grandchildren. We got a grandchild yet? Not yet? No calls? No beeping? Today? Yeah, it's got to be today. Your righteousness reaches to the skies. Now I'm going to back it up. Till I declare your power. That's what I love about all like these folks sitting here, Len and Anne and Rod and Helen, who can stand with anyone in this house and say, God's power of salvation is still awesome. God's power to deliver is still awesome. God's power to heal is still awesome. Not, oh, gee whiz, yeah, we tried that once, that prayer. Tried to lay hands on someone once. Uh, oh, we, we tried salvation, saw someone try and do salvation. Not sure, you know, no, we're rock solid. David's saying, oh, I'm, I'm acknowledging I have hope in God as a child, as a youth, and as an old person. Please, Lord, do not forsake me in these latter days. Psalm 71, verse 19, your righteousness reaches to the skies, O God. You have done great things. Who, oh God, is like you? I felt like that on Friday night, guys, when I was just seeing the youth group on fire with energy. The energy, if we could bottle it, if we could market this energy that's in this building on a Friday night, if we could plug something into it, we could run half a Wyong's power supply with it. I'm sure of it. They're dancing. They're playing table tennis. They're enjoying each other's company. They're, 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 they're just in the zeal of life. The zeal of life is consuming them. Who says we've got to get old and lacking power? Psalm 71 verse 20, Though you have made me see troubles. Ah, it's a real life. Many and bitter. You will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Even though David went through a bunch of stuff where he could have easily said to God, God, forget it. Man, I don't know if I can get through this. David still said, I'm going to acknowledge him no matter what I go through. Saul can throw javelins at me. The enemy can laugh at me and mock me. I am going to stay and acknowledging and trusting and hoping in God. David was a winner. David was effective. David had impact to the generations and even beyond. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Let's not get into that because I've got to make 
Let's leave that out. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's go to point two, the word of God. I've done that. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 119, verse 18, 89, down the home straight now because my time is gone. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures that we might have hope. Everything in this Bible is allowing us to endure, to persevere, to keep on keeping on so that at the end of the day, we can have hope. Hope that will not disappoint us. Another version says, hope that we will not be ashamed by. Did you say that? What in the Amplified Version? says not to be ashamed by so this hope that we got in God, the Bible says that we're not going to be ashamed by it. That when we stand before Christ Jesus, I don't think I'm going to be too ashamed in knowing him, loving him, worshipping him, doing his bidding and releasing his kingdom and, and all that. You mean all that mocking, all the trials, all the, all the stuff that happens to us, all the trials and tribulations, disappointments and sadness and calamity and brokenness and you know things not working out quite the way I thought they would work out, even... Despite that, we're going to still pursue with hope till the end of our days. I'm speaking to you personally. I'm not speaking to these guys. Uh, Are we going to do that? Or are we going to get disenchanted, uh, bitter, ugly, sour? Oh, this God stuff. Why did I ever invest my life into it? Gee, I could have done something more. No, but we are people that say this is the most noble thing we can do with our life. Our family, our children, our finances, our energies, our marriage is all about honoring God and saying, God, it's all worth it because our hope is in you. And we won't be disappointed. The word of God. Three, the Holy Spirit. That is a whole. Let me just quote this scripture. Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope. What sort of God is he? The God of hope. I'm sure I read that. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Remember when you receive hope, you get joy and peace. Peace and joy. You just know because your eyes get opened. When you got hope, your eyes get opened. You're like, did we work it out? It was Elijah or Elisha. His servant, they wake up in the morning and they're surrounded by the enemy. Elisha. And the servant says, man, we're surrounded. We're done for. And Elisha says, now take another look. I'm running on hope. I don't know what you're running on. I got hope. Take another look. He says, oh, take another look. But sir, this is, looks pretty drastic. He goes to the window. Now he sees. Because Elisha prayed. He said, God, open his eyes. Lord, open C3 Tugra's eyes that they may see like the servant saw, like Elisha saw. So he goes to the window and then he sees chariots of fire all around Wire, all around Tugra, all around C3 Tugra. He sees for the first time and he comes back and he says, my God, sir, we're surrounded. We're actually surrounded by chariots of fire, a host of heavenly beings ready at the Lord's disposal. Stand and watch the deliverance of God's people. 
Stand and just watch in peace with joy. Stand and watch what God will do in your life when you have peace and joy. When your eyes are open with hope, you can see things working out. You're not, you're not blindsided. You're not, you're not just given the, 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 the absolute, no, it ain't going to work out. Cannot be done. There's always a glimmer of hope. Who's a bit like that? You're always looking. There's got to be a way. You thinkers are a bit like that, aren't you? There's got to be. Do some sums. Do some sums. Do some measurements. Builders, they get their tools out. Start sawing, hammering, jackhammering. The prayers, they begin to pray their way through. The givers, they begin to give their way through. The mercy gifts, they begin to cry their way through. All the seven motivational gifts of the Spirit in Romans 12, isn't it? Some rise up in leadership. The Holy Spirit, number four, five foundational Five foundational realities of our hope. First one was God. Second one was the Word of God. Third one is the Holy Spirit. The fourth one is the throne of grace. Hebrews 6.16, I know Garth. The fourth one, write it down, the throne of grace. It ain't moving. The throne of grace is there. Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Men swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms that it is said and puts an oath to all arguments, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs, to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. This is an oath. God's making an oath to us. God did this so that, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. Verse 19 we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Back to my boat illustration. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. It's in the heavenlies, behind the curtains, but it's real, it's everlasting, it's majestic, it's eternal. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the throne, right hand of the Father on the throne. The fourth foundational truth and reality of our hope, Bryce, is that throne of grace. The throne of grace. Muslims can try and take Jesus off the, off the throne, but he stays on the throne. He stays on the throne. Unbelievers can... Unbelief, but Jesus stays on the throne. He is absolutely at peace, even having a chuckle, Psalm 2 says. Fifth one is, and it's the last one, Jesus. It is Jesus who sits on the throne. It is He who is the foundation, the center of our hope. The reason why the throne of God is a secure place for Christians is because He who rose from the dead is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, ever living to make intercession for you. He knows you. He created you. He loves you. He is at the right hand now praying for you. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who has conquered sin and death, King of kings, Lord of lords, almighty God, wonderful Savior. He's there today sitting on the throne asking you to put your hope in Him. He's asking you to let your hope go into His presence and, and anchor onto the rock, Christ Jesus the Lord. It is no use having your anchor in the shifting sands of life. You've got to have it in Christ. Jesus is. Julie saw him. 
Our hope is in Jesus, the risen Lord. He's alive. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He ain't going away. In fact, he is coming back. He's coming back in clouds. Not too long. Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary.